Welcome to this episode of A-Minder. This is the second of a two-part series on treatments that target synaptic or neuronal function as well as neurotransmitter balance. In this episode, we'll be focusing on 19 papers that specifically target neurotransmitter imbalances in Alzheimer's disease that were published in July of 2021. If that sounds like your jam, keep on listening. Welcome to A-Minder a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you, so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. I'm your host, Anusha. I know this might seem like a longer episode, but we've broken it down into four sections. So we'll be covering five papers that explore drug discovery and synthesis, more specifically targeting cholinesterase imbalances, seven papers on potential drugs with multiple targets, five papers that test potential drugs in preclinical models, and two that take it all the way to clinical testing. Hopefully you've picked up that we're kind of journeying all the way from the beginnings of developing a treatment to testing it in uh, phase one and two clinical trials. We are pleased to mention that we've been sponsored by the Canadian Consortium on Neurodegeneration in Aging. This funding is going to help us purchase equipment, secure a platform to host our podcast, and to keep Aminder a well-oiled machine. So a big thank you to CCNA. Throughout our episodes, we'll be sure to mention any publications that were funded by them and tell you a little bit more about their efforts. However, we're making sure that this sponsorship does not affect the content or the summaries in any way. While I'm mentioning disclaimers, these papers are all published in peer-reviewed journals, but we don't make assessments on the quality of the science. That's something that you can make for yourself by visiting the free bibliography that's attached to the episode notes. We publish a new episode every weekday, but there are still lots of topics that we don't end up covering. But fear not, even those papers that don't make it to our hosted episodes are still published in our free bibliographies, so you can use those as a resource for the latest literature updates. Without further ado, let's dig into papers that explore the discovery and synthesis of drugs targeting acetylcholine balance. Our first paper is entitled Pharmacophore-Based Drug Design of Acetylcholinesterase and Butyrylcholinesterase Dual Inhibitors as Potential Anti-Alzheimer's Disease Agents. The first author is Gao, and the last author is Sun, and this was published in the journal Bioorganic Chemistry. Authors are affiliated with Ludong University and Xinjiang Technical Institute of Physics and Chemistry in China. Our first paper of this episode is essentially a methods paper, and to be perfectly candid, it's a field that I have very little experience with, so I strongly urge you to take a look at this paper and the next few papers of this episode if you're interested in designing a drug using computational tools to help with screening. The authors used machine learning to train the Hypogen program in Discovery Studio 2016 with a set of flavonoid compounds, which are compounds with anticholinesterase activity. 
The program then screened the zinc database for potential therapeutics, which were subsequently filtered for candidate compounds, which were subsequently filtered with computational molecular docking studies and ADMET screening, which focuses on pharmacokinetics and dynamics. This method ended up producing six potential therapeutics, with one they deemed to be the best option for developing into an AD treatment. Check out the paper for further details on their winner. Next is paper number two, Computational Evidence of the Putative Allosteric Sites in the Acetylcholinesterase Receptor. The first author is Magadam, and the last author is Karimi Jafari, and this was published in the Journal of Molecular Graphics and Modeling. Authors are affiliated with universities of Guilan and Tehran in Iran. This paper is purely theoretical. Acetylcholinesterase, or ACE as I'll be referring to it throughout this episode, is an enzyme with an active site that is buried deep within a narrow gorge. Researchers wanted to better understand the design of this enzyme in order to find more pathways to its active site. In this way, they can evaluate potential mechanisms of inhibition and test potential compounds for inhibitory activities. They identified a particularly effective allosteric binding site on ACE and evaluated three compounds, hybride 14, papaverine, and palmitine for their inhibitory mechanism. They found these compounds follow non-competitive inhibition and go into more details on their molecular interactions in their abstract. So if you're interested, check out paper number two in the bibliography. Paper number three is titled Synthesis and Evaluation of Novel Aryl Isoxazoles Linked to Tacrine Moiety In Vitro and In Vivo Biological Activities Against Alzheimer's Disease. The first author is Rastagari, and the last author is Akbarzadeh, and this was published in the journal Molecular Diversity. Authors are affiliated with various institutes spread throughout Iran and Saudi Arabia. Tacrine is a well-established cholinesterase inhibitor, so this group capitalized on that by creating tacrine analogs that had the functional group aryl isoxazole attached to it. In vitro measures of inhibition against both acetyl and butyryl cholinesterase found that these compounds were highly potent inhibitors, with the most effective being compounds 7L and 7B. They also found that these compounds reduced A-beta aggregation and base 1 activity. In PC12 cells, however, these compounds did not confer significant neuroprotection against A-beta toxicity. They also looked in vivo for liver toxicity, which was comparable to tacrine itself. The compound 7L rescued scopolamine-induced memory deficits in rats during the Morris water maze. They also detail molecular interactions with the enzymes I've already mentioned, but I'll leave that up to you. To summarize, this paper contains functional, physiological, and pharmacological evidence of the efficacy of aryl isoxazole tacrine compounds as a potential multi-target AD treatment. We'll be exploring more multi-targeted approaches as well as testing in preclinical models of AD throughout the next two sections, so stay tuned for more papers like this one. With paper number four, we come to the journal titled Drug Development and Industrial Pharmacy. The paper is called Potential Alternatives to Current Cholinesterase Inhibitors, an In-Silico Drug Repurposing Approach. The first author is Kundu, and the last author is Dube, and the authors are affiliated with the Indian Institute of Technology, BHU. 
actually looking at the author list, we only have a first and last author as this is a two-author paper. Here, the authors compare 11 newer drugs that are used to treat other neurological diseases and compare them against an ACE inhibitor used for AD treatment called denepazil. This is a pretty short summary, so I'll conclude by stating that they narrowed their choices down to two compounds that showed promise in molecular simulation and dynamics studies. Brexipirazole and dutatetrabenazine are recommended for follow-up as repurposed cholinesterase inhibitors. Paper number 5 is entitled, Identification of Compounds for Butyrylcholinesterase Inhibition. The first author is Li, and the last author is Jia, and this was published in the journal SLAS Discovery. Authors are affiliated with National Institutes of Health in the United States. Getting back to paper number 5, this paper is looking at butyrylcholinesterase inhibition as a way to restore balances in AD. Authors screened almost 9,000 compounds in an enzyme-based butyrylcholinesterase inhibition assay. They narrowed their batch to 125 compounds that showed inhibitory activity including known and novel inhibitors. IC50 values for both butyryl and acetylcholinesterases were identified and compared, as well as binding and molecular interactions. I suppose this is more of a methods paper to demonstrate how their high-throughput screening can be used for drug development. On that note, we'll be switching topics and sections to look at papers that explore drug interactions with multiple targets. The first of this section is paper number six, Novel Hydroxybenzylamine Deoxyvesicinone Hybrids as Anticholinesterase Therapeutics for Alzheimer's Disease. The first author is Bauroju, and the last author is Crooks, and they are affiliated with the University of Arkansas. The journal is Bioorganic and Medicinal Chemistry. In this paper, researchers follow up on hybrid compounds that they developed named 8A through N for their potential to serve as cholinesterase inhibitors. They found that compounds 8G and 8N were able to inhibit ACE effectively, but butyrylcholinesterase weakly. These compounds also demonstrated the ability to inhibit A-beta 1 through 42 peptide aggregation. They go on to analyze the nature of these interactions as binding to a novel allosteric pocket on ACE. They also theorize that reduction of A-beta aggregation is a result of allosteric binding to the catalytic active site on ACE. These compounds, therefore, show great promise as dual-acting anti-AD drugs. If I haven't mentioned this before, I've been shortening Alzheimer's disease to AD and will continue to do so for brevity in this episode. Paper number 7 is entitled 4-phenethyl-1-propargyl-piperidine-derived dual inhibitors of butyrylcholinesterase and monoamine oxidase B. The first author is Mazej and the last author is Sova. The journal this was published in is Molecules and the authors are affiliated with University of Ljubljana, Slovenia. Keeping in theme of attacking multiple targets at once, this paper explicitly adopts the multi-target strategy to develop a new AD neuroprotective drug. They modified an MAOB, or monoamine oxidase B inhibitor, to include a carbamate moiety, which would in theory impart cholinesterase inhibitory properties. 
they found that of their compounds tested, number 15 showed potent inhibition against human MAOB and butyrylcholinesterases. This also confirmed their hypothesis that the carbamate moiety is responsible for covalent inhibition of cholinesterases. There we have it, another promising potential drug to follow up on. Paper number 8 is published by first author O oh and last author Kim in the journal Scientific Reports. It's called Acetylcholinesterase and Monoamine Oxidase B Inhibitory Activities by Elagic Acid Derivatives Isolated from Casthenopsis Cuspidada Versiboldi. The authors are affiliated with various institutes in the Republic of Korea. We are turning back to natural sources for the next few papers. From over 275 herbal extracts, authors of this paper selected a methanol extract from the stems of an evergreen tree called Itaji to test for ACE inhibition. From this fraction, they found two potential compounds that demonstrated inhibition not only against ACE, but also butyrylcholinesterase, base 1, and monoamine oxidase B. They suggest compound 3 can be further investigated for dual inhibition of both ACE and MAOB. Paper number 9 is In Silico Theoretical Biointerface Analysis and In Vitro Kinetic Analysis of Amine Compounds Interaction with Acetylcholinesterase and Butyrylcholinesterase. The first author is Kandasami and the last author is Thayumanovan and this was published in the Journal of Biological Macromolecules. Authors are affiliated with various institutes in South India. This paper follows up on three amine compounds that show the most effective interactions with acetyl and butyrylcholinesterases. Again, molecular interactions and dynamics were simulated using computer software and many details are available at your disposal in the paper including inhibitory constants, interfragment interaction energies, binding energies, and types of molecular interactions. They did follow up with in vitro studies but did not allude to much except for the fact that these compounds show mixed type inhibition with moderate potency. I'll leave it at that for this summary. Our 10th paper of the episode is titled GCMS Metabolic Profile in Alpha-Glucosidase, Alpha-Amylase, Lipase, and Acetylcholinesterase Inhibitory Activities of 8 Peach Varieties. The first author is Mihailova and last author is Krastanov and the journal this was published in is Molecules. This seems to be a collaboration between Bulgarian and Italian institutes. In this paper, authors looked to an organic source of enzymes, eight peach varieties from Bulgaria. They analyzed the extracts for activity against alpha-glucosidase, alpha-amylase, lipase, and ACE. While all the extracts showed alpha-glucosidase inhibition, they failed to inhibit alpha-amylase. Only five of the compounds showed inhibition against a pig-derived lipase. Interestingly, they don't mention ACE inhibition results in their abstract, which I'm sure is of particular interest to you AD researchers tuning into this episode. So check out the paper for further details. Moving on, we have paper number 11, Evaluation of Cholinesterase Inhibitory and Antioxidant Activity of Widelia Genensis and isolation of apigenin as an active compound. 
The first author is Islam, and the last author is Sadiq, and the authors are affiliated with University of Rajshahi in Bangladesh. The journal this was published in is BMC Complementary Medicine and Therapies. Another paper looking at plant-derived inhibitors, this time sourced from a perennial called Wedelia chinensis. This has actually come up in a previous episode, but this plant is well documented for its biological activities, just not its neuroprotective activities. So here, authors looked at cholinesterase inhibition, antioxidant activity, and lipid peroxidase inhibition, which are all pathways that can confer neuroprotection in AD. Not only did their fractions hit all of those targets, but they identified through chromatographic separation that the compound apigenin is the major active compound in the extract. There's a lot more detail about inhibitory action, including IC50 values, but I decided to leave that out and provide more of an overview of their abstract. The last paper that we'll be covering in this multi-target section is chrominone derivatives as monoamine oxidase inhibitors from marine-derived MAR4 clade streptomyces SPCNQ-031. The first author is O, and the last author is Kim, and this was published in the Journal of Microbiology and Biotechnology. Authors are affiliated with the Sunchun National University and Yuha Women's University in the Republic of Korea. We move from fauna to flora to focus on marine bacteria-derived compounds with inhibitory activity. Three compounds were screened for inhibition of MAO, cholinesterase, and base 1. While these compounds showed inhibition against MAOA and B, they had very little inhibition against cholinesterases and base 1. They found that different groups conferred inhibitory properties in different compounds, and that compounds 1 and 2 showed the greatest promise as treatments for AD or depression. Let's take a short break here to stretch our bodies and our minds before the next two sections. Remember that you can find all the papers that I mentioned in the bibliography in the order that I mentioned them, and you can find the bibliography in the episode notes. Hey listeners, I'm here to let you know Aminder is recruiting. If you're interested in joining us, shoot us an email at aminderpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome back. Our next section looks at preclinical evidence for potential AD therapeutics. We will begin this section with paper number 13. 2 prime 6 prime dihydroxy 4 prime methoxy dihydrocalcone improves the cognitive impairment of Alzheimer's disease, a structure activity relationship study. The first author is Gonsalves, and the last author is De Souza, and this was published in the journal Current Topics in Medicinal Chemistry. Authors are spread throughout various institutes in Brazil. We're moving up the drug discovery ladder to look at papers that test compounds in more physiological settings. In this paper, we have a streptozotocin-induced mouse AD model as the background for testing the potential compound DHMDC, whose full form I already stated in the title. 
Researchers compared this compound against a known ACE inhibitor, rivastigmine, in behavioral tests, including inhibitory avoidance and object recognition tests. They found that at higher doses, so 15 and 30 milligrams per kilogram, the compound was able to attenuate behavioral changes in memory performance induced by streptozotocin. Pretreatment with DHMDC also increased antioxidant activity, ACE inhibitory activity, and decreased brain lipid peroxidation. To summarize, this paper offers preclinical evidence of DHMDC as a drug for managing dementia. Paper number 14 is entitled DRD1 against A68930 improves mitochondrial dysfunction and cognitive deficits in a streptozotocin-induced mouse model. The first author is Cheng, and the last author is He, and this was published in Brain Research Bulletin. Authors are affiliated to China Pharmaceutical University. Looking at the streptozotocin-induced mouse model, and we're targeting the D1 dopamine receptor, as this has previously been shown to have therapeutic benefits in AD. Authors showed the agonist A68930 not only improved cognition in this mouse model, but had a plethora of D1 receptor-mediated improvements in mitochondrial biogenesis and function, A-beta expression, and tau phosphorylation. This was observed in the mouse hippocampus and cortex, and confirmed in SHSY5Y or sushi cells. If you are interested in learning more about synaptic transmission in AD, check out Glory's episode number 197 on the subject. You can also find more literature on the subject of mitochondria and metabolism in the bibliographies we curate for you every month, which you can easily find on our website, aminder.com. Moving on to paper number 15, we have base inhibitor treatment of mice induces hyperactivity in a seizure-related gene 6 family-dependent manner without altering learning and memory. The first author is Nash, and the last author is Munro, and this was published in Scientific Reports. Authors seem to be spread out through institutes in Australia, Belgium, Germany, and Japan. BASE-1, or beta-secretase-1, can also be targeted for AD treatment. However, in clinical trials, BASE-1 inhibition fails to improve symptoms. In some cases, it actually increased adverse outcomes. Authors suggest that another function of BASE-1 has been overlooked, which is its interactions with the seizure-related gene 6 proteins or SES6 proteins. Here, mice were given an oral base inhibitor for 1-2 to two months and analyzed for behavioral and dendritic spine architecture. They found that in SES6 triple knockout mice, base inhibitor treatment did not induce the same hyperactivity in open field tests that were observed in wild-type mice. Inhibition also reduced the density of mushroom-like spines in the somatosensory cortex in both genotypes. Base inhibition also did not have any effects on memory or cognitive flexibility in either genotype. They suggest that these results shed light on which base 1 substrates are involved in the changes in cognition seen with base 1 inhibition. Just a note that while there are no conflicts of interest reported, some authors do belong to pharmaceutical companies and hold stocks of Johnson and Johnson. So something to keep in mind there. Our next paper is paper number 16. Neuroprotective efficacy of apple cider vinegar on high zinc fat diet induced monoamine oxidase alteration in murine model of AD. There are only two authors in this paper, 
Tripadi and Mazumdar, and they are affiliated with the Birla Institute with the Birla Institute of Technology in India. This paper was published in the Journal of American College of Nutrition. On the subject of neurotransmission, we are targeting dopamine, serotonin, and noradrenaline as their metabolism involves enzymes MAOA and B. Animals in this paper were fed a high-fat diet to induce AD and were pretreated with either the controls zinc, rivastigmine, which is an ACE inhibitor, chrysin, which is a compound found in honey and passionflower, or apple cider vinegar. They found that all of the treatments successfully decreased MAO levels and increased the levels of the corresponding monoamine neurotransmitters. Of the treatments, intriguingly, it was apple cider vinegar that provided the greatest improvement in symptoms. Maybe those blog posts are onto something. Paper number 17 is the last paper of this section. It's entitled, Discovery and Preclinical Characterization of Usmeropride, in brackets, SUVND4010, a potent selective 5-HT4 receptor partial agonist for the treatment of cognitive deficits associated with Alzheimer's disease. The first author is Nirogi, and the last author is Justi, and this was published in the Journal of Medicinal Chemistry. Authors are affiliated with Suvan Life Sciences Limited in Hyderabad in India. We're actually moving away from cholinesterases for this paper and taking a look at the serotonin receptor 5-HT4. Partial agonists for this receptor have shown promise for symptom management for AD. The researchers here actually started by analyzing an antagonist to the receptor and sort of reverse engineering a partial agonist called usmeropride or compound 12L. In preclinical models of cognition, this compound showed robust efficacy and disease-modifying potential. This compound increases soluble amyloid precursor protein alpha levels, which are neuroprotective. Phase 1 clinical trials demonstrated efficacy in people without major safety concerns, and Phase 2 trials have also shown long-term safety, prompting further development of the drug. That is the perfect transition to the last section of this episode, clinical evaluation of potential therapeutics. Now we have paper number 18, Dengen Shengmai capsule combined with denepazil hydrochloride in the treatment of Alzheimer's disease, preliminary findings, randomized and controlled clinical trial. The first author is Huang and the last author is Zhu and this was published <laughs> I apologize, this seems to be a Portuguese title, so I'm sorry if I mess up the pronunciation, but Revista de Associação Médica Brasileira. The authors are affiliated with hospitals in Deyang City and Luzhou, China. And there's actually only one middle author, which is He. We are moving up the clinical research ladder again with our last two papers focusing on human studies. In this paper, authors followed up on the potential therapeutic capsule called Dengen Shengmai in a study of almost 300 individuals with AD. Thrice-daily oral treatment with this capsule and with denepazil hydrochloride, an ACE inhibitor, was compared to once-daily treatment with denepazil alone. They found that at three and six months of treatment, cognitive function was significantly improved compared to control group as were nitric oxide and endothelin levels. 
it also seems that treatment is associated with fewer adverse events, as the authors claim that it offers higher safety than denepazil alone. Our final paper of this episode is paper number 19, an investigation of levetiracetam in Alzheimer's disease, which is in brackets Iliad, a double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized crossover proof-of-concept study. The first author is Sen, and the last author is Hussein, and this was published in Trials. The authors are affiliated with various institutes in the UK. Our final paper repurposes an epilepsy medication for use in AD. This paper outlines the details of a double-blind, placebo-controlled trial to test the efficacy of levetiracetam on hippocampal function, which will be measured with electroencephalography, or EEG. Cognition, mood, and quality of life will also be assessed at various time points. They also go into details about which statistical tests they will use to analyze their data. This would be more of a pilot study, as they want to confirm that what they have outlined is a good experimental design before launching into a larger study. So check out the paper for more details on their design. Thank you for journeying with me all the way through discovery to implementation in clinic. Restoring neurotransmission is often intermingled with other processes that impact synaptic function, like targeting tau or neuroprotection. So if you'd like to explore those topics, check out Kate's episode number 202 or part one of my episodes, which is number 199. While you're checking out all that we have to offer, we hope you take a little bit of time to leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to us with. It really does go a long way to promote a minder. If you are a fan of our work, stay connected with us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. And while you're on YouTube, you can also find my music, including this work that you're hearing right now, which I called Journey of a Neurotransmitter. My channel is called AK Music, and I'm also on SoundCloud under my name, Anusha Kamesh. I want to conclude this episode by thanking the sorting team for the tremendous task of sorting these abstracts into episodes and to the management team for all the work they do behind the scenes. These members include Sarah, Ellen Kosh, Ellen Rowe, Nyla, Jacques, and myself. Thank you also to Glory for reviewing my script, to Ellen Kosh for reviewing my edits, and to Jacques for the bibliography. That's it for now. I hope this podcast was useful and accessible to you and your peers. Take care, and bye-bye.